I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. So that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. That is right. This is not a test. It's the real thing. It's the ChristCast 2020 podcast. My name is Jason Dias alongside Kiki Culpepper. Two generations with one mission. Nailed the intro. All right. Hey, this week we are talking about the book of Philemon, Philemon, Philemon. Multiple. uh, What do you want to say? Multiple names, same spelling. Yes, folks. It is the shortest book in the, the the shortest book that the Apostle Paul wrote coming in at just 300 words in the Greek language. I have, I've bought greeting cards at Hallmark that have more words in them. If you're flipping through your Bible, you may not even see it. Some Bibles, it doesn't even take up a full page. That's true. In my Zondervan Bible, I thought it was like an ad. You know, get the Zondervan (laughs) CD class. It's a pop-up ad in your Bible. It's just like, Uh, take a little break. Here it is. And yet, like the minor prophets, I, I have just absolutely loved this week studying this book of the Bible. And we're going to tell you all about it after a couple quick announcements and a quick shout out to our dear friend, Mr. Brett Cosi, our my former journalism teacher who really got me, helped me. I feel like talked about journalism better almost. Yeah. That's where the fake news came That's from. Right. It's Mr. Cosi. Great, great guy. I called him yesterday. He was traveling in Iowa with his wife, uh, Mrs. Cosi, who you also uh, know. Yes, great, 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 great couple, great uh, Christians, and um, because yesterday was the anniversary of the Battle of 73 Easting, and if you don't know what that is, it doesn't matter, nobody really does, Um, it was the last great tank battle of the 20th century, so uh, he and I were both there, we didn't know each other, um, but we were both out there in the desert. I feel like y'all would have been the really good friends. Yes, I would have. I would have. He was. A, he was a chaplain, and he had a busy day that day and that week because that was a, a big misconception about the Gulf War that a it was easy and b that Americans didn't get killed and hurt. Uh, believe me, anytime you're in a in a war of that magnitude, things are going to happen. So it was great to have a chaplain like Mr. Causey back there uh, way back when, a gazillion yes. years ago, it sounds like, in 1991. <laughs> and then, of course... Coming up next week, we have our infamous rant show. This was Anna Kiki's idea. It's a great one. And it, it's just going to be an opportunity to say some things that we've wanted to say, and for different reasons. We've never made the show about us. We Because that's not what that's God not, wants us not, to do. However, this this theme that I keep reading in the Pauline epistles about rebuking. It's not fun to do it, but sometimes you, gotta do you it. have to do it. And that I'm brutally honest friend in the friend group that you always, you always hate to hear from, but you always need it. Yes, absolutely true. And so next week, buckle up. Um, it's it's going to be, be the long. Re- yeah, it, and then, of course, it's spring break. And so we'll Woo-woo. take the week off. And, uh, and when we come back, we're going to get into, speaking of the last great tank battle, one of the last great naval battles back in the, uh, in the Middle Ages is the Battle of Lepanto. We'll do that after spring break. And folks, yes. we're going to put you on the decks of the Ottoman ships and the Catholic and Holy Ottoman League ships. ships. And this is going to be interesting because it was the most brutal kind of warfare you can imagine. This was hand-to-hand, face-to-face, toe-to-toe. 
All of the above. Arrows, lead balls, cannonballs fired at point blank range. And remember, range. this is medieval times, not yes. even current. Yes, and yet, anyway, we'll talk about it. We don't, we'll we don't want to give the whole show away because today we've got to talk about slavery in the Greco-Roman world. And the first thing you need to know is that it was... Very, very common. Like, almost seen... Normal. Just, it was a normal thing. People didn't recognize that. It wasn't it was even a big weird. deal. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Um, surrendering or defeated soldiers, people who get kidnapped and sold into slavery. And then, of course, the worst part was... Children born to slaves immediately became slaves themselves. It was kind of like um, a correlation yeah, kind of like thing. That. You, you kind of... I didn't sign up for this. You're kind of a part of it now, though. (laughs) And so there were also different kinds of slavery. The first was called the helot. Basically, that's when... An entire sitting is working for another state or group of people, kind of like how Israel was under Egypt. Exactly right. And I was thinking about, like, if we decided we wanted to go take over, what do you think, Seguin? We could probably take Seguin, right? No, I feel like the whole state of Texas could take on... like oh, that's New actually Mexico. a good idea. That's true. So the whole state of Texas takes on New Mexico, and then we yeah. subjugate New Mexico as the Texan helot, and all the people from New Mexico come to Texas to yeah, cut our yards, like people, and wash it. our cars, and do everything that we need done for free. So that's the first kind of slavery. That's the a helot. very yeah. major yes. example. Don't literally <laughs> and, take and that. And in antiquity, Messina is an example of that. They were a helot to Sparta, and so the second kind was indentured servitude, and that was a slave that could work his or her debt off to gain their freedom, kind of working a certain number of hours or gaining a certain amount of money, then you could either buy your own freedom or your owner released you. Yeah, absolutely right. Or you can do what Benjamin Franklin did. He was oh he was indentured to his uncle when he was 12 years old to the age of 21. He just ran away. Uh, and so that's exactly what another character in this book of the Bible is going to do because then there is what is called chattel slavery, which meant basically... One one person just belong to another person. It's kind of like marriage, but kind of <laughs> yeah. more forceful. <laughs> Depending on who you're married to, you could probably feel that way. Yeah. But this is where we find um, the other main character in this story, Onesimus. He is a slave. No rights. No voting. He doesn't get a voice. He's not in even anything. a person. He's not even really a person. He is basically property. You own a lawnmower, you own some golf clubs, hey, and I've got a few of these slaves here. Uh, It's just like property. And so, as you can imagine, not the greatest gig. And so what Onesimus decides to do is... He basically decides to steal himself Hmm. from slavery and some of the money and runs all the way to Rome by himself. What happens here is that someone who runs away runs right into the arms of God. It is a beautiful, fascinating story. And if you go to church where I go to, you can read this story about 45 times while the choir is singing. And this is a short book of the Bible and we're going to talk about it and we're going to do it all right after this. Formerly, he was useless to you. But now, he has become useful to you and me. Hmm, let's find out who we're talking about here. The who, where, and when, of course, who wrote the book? Apostle Paul, we talked about that at the and beginning. And where is he always? A Rome cell. <laughs> a Roman yeah, prison a cell Rome again. A Rome prison cell, <laughs> and roughly around 60 AD-ish. And so here we are. Um, Onesimus runs away finds Paul in a Roman prison cell, and during that time, Paul converts Onesimus to Christianity. Now, this is a really, really big deal. Let's talk about the big idea. First of all, the 
the Apostle Paul sends him back. We're going to find out that he sends him back he to his master. He puts him back into slavery. Yes, because like I said, he doesn't really challenge the order of the Greco-Roman world. But the big idea is forgiveness. Paul is writing a personal letter. This is just like a personal letter slipped in with all the other books of the Bible. He sends it to Philemon and he says, please forgive this troublesome slave. And then Onesimus, he says, please forgive Onesimus. But he goes beyond that. He pushes Philemon past that and Paul asked him to accept his former slave as an equal to himself, a brother in Christ, not a slave that's below him. That was something that was never heard of back then because Paul almost talking about that could almost be sounded as disgraceful or like going against the hierarchy. Absolutely. It is absolutely. But in the slavery system of the Greco- Roman world, it was revolutionary. It is revolutionary. And in many, many years later in America, when we had our debate over slavery, both sides used the book of Philemon to say, A, slaves and masters are equal in the eyes of Christ. And then, of course, the people that were proponents of slavery said, yeah, but the Apostle Paul never said to end slavery. And so we see this book of the Bible playing itself out in 19th century American history. And it is a fascinating thing. The Apostle Paul is basically calling into question the entire system of slavery in he the Greco-Roman world. Out. Calling it out. Uh, another fun fact about, well, fast fact about the book of Philemon, it's the only book that Paul writes he doesn't mention Jesus Christ. And, and I believe it's because in this particular book of the Bible, Paul places himself as the representative of Jesus Christ. He is saying... He's I'm, the messenger yes, this time. Yes, he's the messenger this time. And so let's talk about how we apply this today. God wants us to have a forgiving heart. He wants us to forgive and remember that we're all falling short of the person God wants us to be and that there is an equality among... Sinners and saints alike. Masters and slaves. We are all slaves to some sin. In my case, as you know, it's pride. Too prideful, too arrogant, too outspoken. All of us have our own downfalls, whether we realize it or not. And what Paul is saying is that in the end, when you are returned to Jesus Christ, there's no first class in heaven. There's no no, uh, special boarding line for certain people because you died with more money than somebody else. We're all equal. All equal when we get to Jesus Christ. This, This short little book of the Bible, 300 Greek words, basically tells us exactly where we belong in God's grand design. Through Jesus Christ, we are equals. Maybe not in life. Maybe not in life. People have a nicer car than I do or better clothes than I do. Who knows? But when we return to Jesus, we're all going to be. Yeah. Okay. And, of course, the other big idea. That it's easy to accept forgiveness from our own sins through Jesus Christ and receiving the Spirit through us. But it's so much harder to forgive others, whether we... Say it in our head saying, oh yeah, I do forgive you. That's so much harder to believe in our hearts that we truly forgive somebody. Mm-hmm. And those, are, and that's how we apply this today. We are all placed in situations where we felt wronged by people. Wait till we get to the ranch show. Oh, okay, <laughs> I promise you. At the end of the ranch show, I'm going to forgive everybody. Don't worry. It's it's mm. it's not easy to do. <laughs> it, it, you, know, you can forgive without forgetting, and you can forget without forgiving. Philemon is wealthy guy. Super wealthy. Super wealthy. He lives uptown. Top tier. He's got the graphite countertops, the granite countertops, wow. and the big television, and the nicest car, and everything. Yeah. And and it is just it is just a just an amazing thing. I encourage people to study it because it is a fascinating fascinating book of the Bible. That, like I said, if you're flipping through the Bible, 
short and easy. You might, and you might just miss it. I did. I didn't even know it was in there. I don't think. If I if I knew it was there, I hadn't talked about it in a long time. And then just a, another fun little fact: as the Apostle Paul sends Onesimus back to his master in Colossus with Tychius, as a guy we need to talk about because he's only mentioned five times in the New Testament, oh, but God. is carrying all these letters all over the world. He sends Onesimus back to Colossus with the book of Colossians. So that's kind of cool. Add-on. Yeah, a little bit of an add-on there. And then again, we have another one of these. I love these human moments from the Apostle Paul. He's figuring he's going to get out of Rome at some point, get out of jail at some point. And he says to to Philemon, and one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answers to your prayers. I like that. He's saying, hey, I'm going to get out. I'm going to come see you. I'm going to come out. Have a room set up. Just be ready. Have a place where I can. Who lay knows down. Where it'll be, but it'll be soon. It'll be soon, and he does get out of prison. Of course, he goes back to prison. But uh, anyway, of course he does. It wouldn't be the Apostle Paul if he wasn't in a Roman prison. Hey, folks, I encourage you check out the book of Philemon. Short but beautiful, impactful book, and it's got great, great messages um, for our lives today. Hey, folks. Don't miss next week's show. It's going to be long, I but it's going to be fun. I don't think we're even going to need notes, okay? We're oh, going to... The rant show is meant to be... It's just going to roll off. A rebuke, because sometimes, like we said, it has to be said. Speaking of that, the people saying it will be myself. My name is Jason Dyes alongside... Kiki Culpepper. And to God be the... Glory. Ain't no practice runs in life. This is the